The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us. We've got a great program, as we do every week, and so thanks for being there, and we know that it's really all about just letting that uh, spiritual light shine, your higher power shine through us and through you, and know that we're making that divine connection that's supporting you and supporting us in our spiritual growth. So I want to thank you for participating here with us on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you also for liking our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. It's always great. I love that, seeing those new likes every week. And thank you also for your emails and your comments and for letting me know that what we're doing here is making a difference to you. And thank you for letting me know what's happening for you in your recovery and in your spirituality walk. And also, thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery and also knowing about unityonlineradio.org. A lot of great programs on uh, this radio station, and thanks for listening to all of them that, that you choose to listen to. It's great to be broadcasting here on the topic of recovery and spirituality, and um, just enjoy it. So grateful for the opportunity to do this. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for or teach or in some way interact with people in recovery. And sometimes, of course, all of the above And my guests are bringing uh, you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can uh, list going to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can listen also to great archives. We've got lots of uh, wonderful archived programs. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery. I want you to know that spirit of recovery is a welcoming place. So if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction, we're just glad you're here. If you are a family member or friend, you may be in your own recovery as a family member or friend or not. Whether you or anybody else is in recovery, we're glad you're here. Maybe you're just interested, curious about the process of addiction and recovery, and we're very glad you're here. You're welcome to participate with a question or a comment via the phone or uh, via email. 
Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, 34 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And that just transforms my life on a daily basis and keeps me growing. And I'm, again, grateful and delighted to know what's happened in my life because of these spiritual principles and to have the opportunity to share these with you and to bring you great guests and also to hear what's happening in your spirituality and recovery walk. I want you to know that if you want to, you have the opportunity to help financially support Unity Online Radio. It's a nonprofit uh, operation run uh, by a nonprofit operation at Unity Village, part of the Unity Movement. And um, if you make a financial donation that supports Spirit of Recovery as well as the many other great programs that are on Unity Online Radio. You can uh, text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and make either a one-time or an ongoing contribution if you would like to do that. So we got a great program for you today as usual. And um, our topic today is Recovery Means Enlarging Your Spiritual Life. And my guest is Brendan P. Brendan has uh, been uh, in is in long term recovery, and he is has just celebrated a significant milestone. And I'll let you uh, hear that from him. But we're going to be talking about this idea of enlarging um, our spiritual lives. And um, you know, joyful long term recovery happens when we choose over and over to enlarge our spiritual life. We can't you know just afford to pull up a rock and have a seat. And so even when life gets really tough, uh, what works every time is to keep uh, using these principles, putting them into practice, and letting ourselves continue to grow. As I said, uh, Brendan is a person in long-term recovery, and he also is in stage, uh, he's a recovery from cancer. He had the experience of having stage 4 cancer, and he had a stem cell transplant. And by using spiritual principles and doing the next right thing, He overcame that, and he'll be sharing with us about that today. Um, Brendan also combines the 12-step principles with Unity teachings, and um, he's going to share with us how he's been able to recognize the amazing synchronicity and the meaningful coincidences that have and continue to transpire in his life. When uh, hearing about the the highlights in Brendan's life, uh, here are a few of them. He's an NCAA Division I All-American gymnast from SIU at Carbondale. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records, and he'll share that with us, what that's all about. He has done uh, significant stunt work with Disney's Animal Kingdom at Disney World and, again, has overcome cancer and a stem cell transplant and, of course, his sobriety. So, Brendan, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you. Glad to be here. Really glad you're here. So, um, tell us about how many you're in long-term recovery. What um, you just celebrated a, a birthday, a sobriety birthday in June. Share that. I did twenty years. Yes, uh, my sobriety date is June 27, nineteen ninety-five. I got sober in Houston, Texas, at uh, my then home group called the Good Times Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Downtown Houston. It was a cool meeting because. Um, it was in the middle of downtown Houston. It had uh, people living on the street, and then it had your your white-collar CEOs coming in from Enron and other places uh, for the noon meeting. So it was a great mix of people uh, mm-hmm. where I got sober. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. And um, so what? what's one of the things that's kept you sober for 20 years? Well, you know... <laughs> I haven't had a drink in 20 years, and that's kept my, my body physically and chemically sober, uh, and I stopped using uh, um, mood-enhancing chemicals um, 20 years ago as well. Um, but apart from that, the other part of sobriety, which is the spiritual enlargement piece, is that, yes, um, upon doing step three, 
uh, had a spiritual awakening the day after I did step three, and I had made a commitment to enlarge my spiritual life uh, on a daily basis as, as, you know, as, as much as I could. You know, I can't do it perfectly. And I, I love the part in, um, I love the part about we are not saints because uh, that really saved me in the beginning when I heard that we are not saints. And I'm glad that it's read, you know, at every meeting because uh, I was really, I was really into doing things all or nothing perfectly like a lot of us. And um, that kind of let me off the hook just to suit up and show up. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, continue to, to enlarge uh, is what I do. That's, that's wonderful. And tell me a little more about when you say you had a spiritual awakening after Step three. What does that mean to you? What does uh, it mean to you to have a spiritual awakening, Brendan? Well, here's here's how it went for me. Um, I have been in and out of AA trying to get sober in Houston, and um, I was finally able to put you know two or three days together, and then I thought, wow. And then you know, I looked up and I had a week. I had seven days, and and I remember wanting to get a chip for seven days, and they didn't do that, you know. So um, pretty soon, pretty soon, I had thirty days, and I kept hearing people talk about sponsorship. And so um, I decided to ask this fellow in my home group, uh, David V. He was a musician uh, in in Houston, and um, I asked him to uh, to sponsor me. And he and so we did that. We did one and two, and then he asked me to memorize the third step prayer. And so, like a good AA, I followed his directions and memorized the third step prayer. And then he said, okay, meet me at my house Sunday evening. And I went over there, and, and he said, okay, you ready to do the third step prayer? And I said, sure. And and um, we got down on our knees, and we held hands, which I kind of thought was weird at the time. But, you know, I was willing to do what I was supposed to do. And we said this third step prayer together, and then I got up, and he said, okay, that's it. And I went home and I thought, wow, no burning bush, no, you know, lightning, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, I'm on to four, so I'll just wait for those instructions. And um, that was a Sunday night. And Monday, I uh, got a phone call right before I went into work. It was about, it was noon. And it was the doctor. And I had had a, uh, I had had a, uh, um, well, I had had some tests done. There was some concern about some lymph glands. Anyway, it was my doctor saying, hi, can you come into my office? And I said, well, no, not really. I'm on my way uh, uh, into work. And uh, I said, is it important? And she goes, yeah, it's really important. And I go, wow, sounds serious. And she goes, it is serious. Do you have anybody with you? And I thought, oh, man, what, you know, what could this be? Mm-hmm. And so my dad happened to be in town. My dad is a retired Methodist minister, by the way. <laughs> And uh, you can feel my horns on top of my head from being a preacher's kid. Um, but uh, he was there, and so we went into my doctor, and, you know, I had that conversation with with the doctor, the one that you never want to have. And, and that conversation was basically, you, you have stage 4 incurable lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And they used the word incurable, you know, and that, mm-hmm. was, that was 1995. How old were you? That was, uh, how old was I? Yeah. 30, I was 31 years old. It was my, basically my 90th day of sobriety. I had mm-hmm. just done the third step the night before. And so that, that third step that, that I had heard, you know, <laughs> no voices, there was no lightning, there was no, uh, um, there was no bolt, there was no burning bush, suddenly became very meaningful. And I began, I began to review that, that prayer in my mind. Would you, you know, say the third um, step prayer for us now so we can all know, sure we know what it yeah, is? Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, wow. um, so, you know, I was feeling the powerlessness at that point. I was mm-hmm. really scared. You know, this was this was uh, this was in the fall of '95, and in January of '95, prior to me getting sober, my mom had passed of breast cancer, and so our family was reeling, you know, from this from 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 the disease of cancer, 
And, um, you know, I just couldn't believe that suddenly I had it. And uh, um, stage four incurable, I thought, well, I'm going to, I guess, you know, start to get ready to die is what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but the awakening piece of it was that I was able to look back at step three, you know, to, to, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. You know, was I going to do that now? Was I going to offer myself to thee or was I going to, you know, take the reins and, and uh, you know, follow my own plan for how to, how to deal with cancer, you know? And my, my plan wasn't that healthy about how I wanted to deal with it. So I decided to, uh, I decided to go with, with God's plan on that. And that was the awakening piece. My, my sponsor, you know, I called and I told him, and, and he kind of snickered, and I thought, man, that's not funny, you know, is what I was thinking. And he said, well, now you have two incurable diseases. And uh, um, so I kind of laughed at that, I guess. I was in shock, to be honest with you. And he said, well, you might be thinking about drinking and, and using again. He says, but you need to make a decision. You know, either you, you're going to do that or you're not going to do it. But if you want to live, you're going to need every ounce of energy. You're going to need every ounce of spiritual energy and physical energy that you can muster. So you let me know what you want to do. And I said, okay. And, you know, what I had been planning was I had been planning just to stock up, you know, and all these different varieties of alcohols, liquors, drugs, and just start and just never come back. You know, because the idea of facing disease and surgery and, and chemotherapy and radiation, all those things is a horrific, horrific, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening that understand what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a big, scary thing to think about. And, you know, as an addict and an alcoholic, I know how to deal with fear, you know. Um, but fortunately today, there's another way to deal with fear, and that's a, to give it to God. That's a powerful, powerful story. And, you know, when you uh, when you just a moment ago gave us the third step prayer, and then I'm thinking about that and that juxtaposition of, you know, right that next day you hear that news from your doctor that you have what she called incurable cancer. Wow. Who would have thought that that turn of events could have been a meaning of that prayer for you? Yeah. Wow. It's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was powerful. Yep. So how? So you said that obviously you, as you talked to your sponsor, you decided that going out and obliterating yourself with chemicals wasn't the way to go. So how did you know what God's plan was? Well, I fell back on the one day at a time approach. You know that we hear so often in the rooms. You know, my my sponsor said he asked me. He said. You can do you can do just about anything for, for for one day, can't you? And I and I thought, well, yeah, you know, I, I have been an, an athlete, and I I know how to to use my willpower and <laughs> and focus and and determination. I said, yeah, I can do anything, you know, for one day. And he said, well, so that's what you you do is you stay sober for today, and if you want to drink, you just put that off till tomorrow, and when tomorrow comes, you just deal with that. And when tomorrow comes, you tell yourself the same thing. You know, just for one day, I'm not going to drink. And and that's the way I've stayed sober for the last 20 years. And it's helped me to learn how to stay in the present. It's helped me to to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's time for our first break. And uh, stay with us. If you're, Our topic today is recovery means enlarging your spiritual life. And my guest is, is Brendan P., Brendan has 20 years of continuous sobriety. He just celebrated his sobriety birthday at the end of June, and he's sharing with us how his spiritual life uh, works for him in his recovery and also in his overcoming cancer. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. 
Thank you for your support. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your host. And our topic today is Recovery Means Enlarging Your Spiritual Life. My guest is Brendan P. And we're talking about uh, his journey through recovery and how he really focuses on his spiritual life. And um, also how he has overcome cancer through using his spiritual principles. Brendan is... A participant in a 12-step program. His sobriety date is June 27, 1995, so he's got 20 years of continuous sobriety. And he's also a Unity student. He'll be sharing with us how he puts together the recovery and Unity principles. And uh, Brian, Brendan is also an athlete, and he's uh, an NCAA Division All-American gymnast. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records, and he'll share with us about that. He did stunt work at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and um He's just delightful, and he's got such a depth that he's sharing with us. Before I get back to my conversation with Brendan, I ask you to join me for a moment in the Serenity Minute, for a moment to center on a constructive idea, and then to relax and spend a moment in the quiet, making that conscious contact with your higher power. So I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence as you relax from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple. Gently notice your breathing as your breath comes in and out in that gentle rhythm that's your own. And share with me this constructive idea. I trust my life to my loving higher power. I let go and let God. I trust my life to my loving higher power. I let go and let God. And now we take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the serenity minute and i hope that that was an opportunity for you to make conscious connection with your loving higher power and now i'm back to my conversation with my guest brendan p and we're talking about recovery means enlarging your spiritual life so brendan before the break you were talking with us about um how you had gotten your cancer diagnosis really you had 90 days of sobriety you just prayed the third step prayer the day before and you got the cancer diagnosis but you decided to face the fear and go forward and and go with the treatments so tell us some more about that what happened for you um in that process after you made that decision to go forward with um treatment and not to go out and just obliterate yourself with drugs and alcohol well, so it was about that time that the sort of the social dynamic of, of AA started to kick in for me. I started to make friends within the program. Um, I started to go to coffee with people, go to lunch, th- things of that nature. So I started to make a new circle of friends. Um, and there was a couple people from my old circle of friends who, who, who weren't alcoholics, who were, who were behind me big time. Um, I had a business par- partner at the time. We were had a gymnastics school together in Houston, and he was a big part of my support community. Um, and um, I, at th- at that time, 
living in Houston, knew that right in my own backyard was one of the finest cancer hospitals in the world, MD Anderson. Right. Um, but as it turns out, I was underinsured, and they would not see me unless I uh, went in with a $5,000 cashier's check every time I stepped through the door. And I did that once, and then they did some tests and, and uh, confirmed what we already already knew. And um, and uh, that was depressing for me because, you know, I thought, well, here I am. I've got this amazing cancer hospital, and they won't see me. I felt like, you know, you know that old I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. I thought, you know, don't don't they know who I am? And and they just wouldn't see me. And so I didn't know what to do next. Well, my um, I was directed to go to University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, so UTMB in Galveston. And they ended up uh, treating me there, and I'm so grateful for them for, for doing that because they took me in knowing that I didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for treatment. Um, but I did go through six months of, of standard chemotherapy there and then a year of an experimental drug called alpha interferon, which is usually used for uh, folks with liver disease. Um, but it was an experimental treatment to see if it would help, help my, boost my immune system. And I was able to achieve uh, remission, which was nice. And all the time I was continuing to dig my heels into the program, go through the steps with with my sponsor. Mm -hmm. When you were going through that, and obviously there was a lot happening for you physically, and, um, I mean, you had to be there for the appointments. You, You know, it's a grueling experience. What was it like for you to be working the steps under those conditions was it easier? Was it harder? Was it bringing you into deeper places in your life? What was going on for you spiritually in all that, Brendan? Well, I don't know because you know I didn't have anything to compare it to. Really, um, this was my this was my my first experience with with um, sobriety, and so everything was new for me. You know, and I'd never been through cancer treatment before, so that was new for me too. The thing I knew is that I just had to stick close to the program. Uh, and I kept falling back on the commitment I, I had made um, to stay sober. Uh, um, but I could I could tell that my life was enlarging. You know, um, I really had nothing to lose by doing step four thoroughly, by doing step five and not holding back. You know, tell, telling everything about it and then moving through the steps. I had nothing to lose because the, the way the doctors explained it to me was that I might achieve remission but then it was probable that it would come back and then I might get permission again and it would come back and permission would get shorter and shorter. And so finally, and my doctor actually drew this black line and said, and that's it, you know? And so I was like, wow. So I kind of had this finality about me, but at the same time, I also had this idea that, you know, maybe higher power, maybe spirit is going to have the final say in this. And maybe I just need to trust that. So I just continued to clean house and trust God and dig my heels into the program. Mm-hmm. Now, you said your dad was a, uh, a Methodist minister. So did your previous exposure or engagement in religion and spirituality stand you in good stead, or was there stuff that you rejected from that? How was that playing a part in your recovery? Well, yes. So, so I didn't have really any problems with God. And growing up in the church was was cool, as far as I can tell. You know, we, we moved around a lot. My dad served a lot of churches in Texas. He's retired now and lives in Kerrville. Um, so and I met a lot of amazing people, a lot of beautiful, friendly people. Uh, San Antonio area, Hondo, Texas, a little town out there. Um, but the problem I had was not with the church and God so much as, as it was my dad. You know, I, I would see my dad. And the way he would, um, you know, be a man, basically, the most of the week, and then he'd get up on the pulpit and say those things. And I thought, well, you know, and, and I really held some things against him. But like most most men in this world, they have issues with their dads. I was able to, to get clean with my dad in sobriety um, as part of, you know, uh, eight and nine. And I went to him, and, and we were able to get clean with each other. And it was difficult, but... You know, it was it was really the only route 
to go to go for honesty and openness and um, and do this thing with my eyes wide open. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be in a half measures club, you know. Um, I wanted to to get this thing all out there and get it done and uh, have a chance at living fully if it was going to be for a month or for another twenty years. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that served you in in your recovery from the cancer that you were you were going to go for it or not? Um, what do you mean by that exactly? Rephrase the question, okay? If you could, do you, yeah. Do you think that the fact that you were doing the deal, that you were going full bore, that you were going to come clean with all of it as best you could, did that help you recover from the cancer or not? Well, I, that's hard. Um, that's hard to know. You know, I lost my wife uh, Janet to breast cancer a little over two years ago, and she had twenty three years sober and in Al Anon. And in, in my judgment, worked an amazing program. So I don't know where, where, where there's a correlation, you know. My sense for me is that there was, I was carrying a lot of toxicity in my body. Uh, and, and I think that was contaminating my spirit. You know, we talk about the threefold disease and, and my emotional body too. And, and um, I, you know, I really believe that the course of, of working the steps, the taking the steps, uh, cleanses us of a lot of those uh, to- toxins, you know. And I felt like I was doing detoxing on, on many, many levels, you know. Um, the toxins I took to kill the cancer, and then I detoxed, you know, my, my, with a diet and, and some herbs and different things like that, but I was continuing to do the, the, the detox through working the 12 steps too. So, yes, my sense is that, my sense is that staying sober, not only staying sober, but doing the program, embracing the program, had something to do with my physical health. I sure do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for sure, like you're bringing up about your wife, Jenna, it's, you know, we can never judge. It's never about, oh, if I did it right, I would have, you know, gotten over things. I don't, that doesn't never compute, um, I think. But, but it's about our own experience. So how do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wanted to do I wanted to do a uh, fully natural herbal treatment is what I wanted to do, you know. And people were encouraging me to do that. Other people encouraged me to go the, the Western medicine route, you know, the standard chemotherapy. And I was going back and forth and back and forth, and and it was really confusing. And and um, I finally just put it in God's hands, and the message came to me just to do both. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in retrospect, and now when I meet other people who, who have cancer and are going through some sort of treatment, I don't really think there's a right or a wrong way to do this. Thank you. You know, cancer yeah. treatment. I really think when we make, make the decision to do what we're going to do, we, we just do it. And it's not right and it's not wrong. It's just mm-hmm. the way we decide to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense at all? It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, and I think of the um, Unity Minister, um, Ernest, whose name I can't remember. Ernest? I can't remember. Anyway, he always wrote, he, he wrote, um, go to God first and then to man as God directs. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that, um, to me, it's that sense of, yeah, it's like listening and tuning in. And I think. For me, what that does in any situation in life is it gets me out of, for me, what's my perfectionistic mode in that sense that, oh, if I could only find the right answer then, then, you know, it would all work out and God would like me and it would turn out how my little ego wants it to turn out. And and I keep be reminding over and over, that's not what this is about. That's not spirituality. Yeah. That's me yeah, trying it's the process, to process, isn't it? It's the, it's yes, the process. it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention about um, – about about the steps, you know, um, I went ended up going to work at Disney World. You know, we um, I, I because I was underinsured. Um, my only chance of getting insurance back in those days with pre-existing conditions was to get on with some sort of large corporation. And um, my wife and I picked up the uh, you know it's so funny that you're at the Catherine Ponder Church there in Austin. We picked up her green book, the um, Open Your Mind to Receive. And we did a 40-day prayer about abundance, you know, and we were, of course, faced with, with these large medical bills and, 
And um, I came home from work uh, uh, one night, and my friend Lee was over there, and he said, hey, we're going to – Lee's in the program in Houston. And he said, hey, I'd like to do this uh, God box um, process with you guys, or would you be willing to do it? And so over the next two hours, we we wrote down things that we wanted in our lives, short-term, long-term, got real specific, put it in the God box, did some praying, and then he got up and left. And I went outside and waved goodbye to him. And I came back in, and Janice said, hey, there's – Two uh, two messages on the answering machine, and I really think you should listen to them right now. And um, one, the first message was a former student of mine, gymnastics student of mine, making an offer to buy my business. I hadn't even advertised the business. And the second phone call or phone message was Disney saying, you know, uh, please call us back. We'd like to talk to you about your future employment with the Walt Disney World. So everything was sort of aligning and pointing to Florida, and um, eventually took that job, got there, jumped through a few medical hoops, you know, with the company, and then was fully insured. And uh, I just felt blessed, you know. I felt like once we sort of aligned ourselves with some of the spiritual principles in that book, um, that things started to happen. There was less resistance and less fear about, about being taken care of. Right. And that's Catherine Ponder's Open Your Mind to Receive, right? That's what you're saying? That yeah. Book. yeah. Yes, powerful. Powerful, powerful principles. Absolutely. Yeah. Little bitty thin book too, but chock full of, of amazing things, you know? Yeah, it really is. It it and if you talk about, you know, that you there was so much synchronicity and and meaningful coincidence in your life and that sure sounds like like one of them for sure. How else have you seen that in your life? The synchronicity? Yeah. And meaningful coincidence. Um so I was I was with Disney um, um, doing an acrobatic doing a stunt act um, in Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom, and uh, been doing that show about three years and um, started to have some issues. Went for an annual scan, and um, there was some cancer that had shown back up in my liver. Of all places, imagine that. Mm-hmm. And uh, right, and. Um, Animal Kingdom was great. The entertainment staff there was amazing. They, um, you know, kept me on board, but I, I wasn't performing anymore because I started to go through chemo again. Chemo wasn't working, so uh, they wanted to do surgery. And so they um, opened me up and took out the, the left lobe of my liver, which had a tumor in it, and um, cancer continued to grow. So they got on the horn with MD Anderson in Houston, ironically enough, now that I was insured, right? And, um, and uh, I qualified for a bone marrow transplant. Well, ironically, one of my teammates from Southern Illinois University, who was also the 1985 uh, USA champion, Brian, Brian Babcock, two years before I was to go to a transplant, he went to bone marrow transplant at MD Anderson in Houston, and he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last day uh, of work before I was to leave to go to Houston for the transplant, I was walking across the parking lot at the Animal Kingdom Entertainment um, parking lot, and I just felt this overwhelming angst and fear. And, and I, I, I guess I had done just enough recovery work, um, um, unity work, spiritual work, whatever it was. I stood still in my tracks, and, I, and I'm like, I cannot stand this feeling that I have right now. And I was able to realize what was going on in my, in my thought process was Brian Babcock was this amazing, smart, sharp, um, um, incredibly physically strong national champion, and if he didn't make it through this transplant, there's, there's no way I'm, I can make it. You know, I was comparing is what I was doing. So there's no way I can make it, you know. And what I was able to identify right then and there in that moment, and this, and this, is, this is a step nine, um, was that I had always been envious and jealous of Brian because of his media attention and success, you know. I came, came to SIU uh, uh, wanting to be the, the big cheese, and, and, you know, he was clearly the big cheese. And so I had never divulged this to anybody. I hadn't put it down. Uh, on any of my any of my work before it hadn't come up and it came up in that moment and I just said orally right out loud just to the ethers I said 
this no longer serves me. Uh, I'm just giving this up. Brian, I, I give this up. I'm no longer jealous and envious. You know, I was, uh, clearly I was realizing I'm needing my energy, every part of my energy to get through this thing. And just as I said that and I released that, I heard an auditory, I heard Brian's voice come in and say, I'm going to lead you through this transplant. Wow. He said, I'm going to lead you through this transplant, Brendan. And I heard it and I believed it. And uh, I, I was brought back down. I had peace, and I just moved forward from that point. And then it struck, you know, there's a series of things that, that happened the next day at the airport. Okay, hang on to that one. We're, it's time for our break. So we'll okay. be right back. That's an incredible story. Stay with us. Our topic is recovery means enlarging your spiritual life. My guest is Brendan P. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and our topic today is recovery means enlarging your spiritual life. And my guest is Brendan P. In long-term recovery, he has 20 years of continuous sobriety, and he is also a survivor of stage 4 cancer and a stem cell transplant, and he is also an award-winning gymnast. So, Brendan, before the break, you were telling us that beautiful story of God's, how God flows it all together about um, when your, your release of your jealousy of your friend, who, a yeah, fellow gymnast, yeah. and, and moving into a new space. So what happened next? Well, so I think, you know, what happened when we do that, um, is that is that we make space for for something more spiritual to happen, you know, when we let go of the, the, the dark, the shadow side. And that's exactly what I think happened to me. Um, the following day, I was at the airport on my way to Houston, and I was surrounded by a bunch of guys, and I was just listening to them talk. And it turns out they were in... Orlando at the Wide World of Sports at Disney to participate in the World Transplant Games. And I was like, wow, okay. So coincidence? I think not. So I ended up talking to one of my guys saying, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on my way to Houston to have a bone marrow transplant right now. And he said, well, look, this is, uh, this is so-and-so. He had a liver transplant. This is so-and-so. He had this, that, and the other. And and so they talked me through it, and, we, you know, it gave me this incredible boost of, of uh, you know, we are not alone anymore, you know. I mean, here I was surrounded by transplant survivors all my way to get to transplant in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to Houston and uh, checked into the hospital, the team that was assigned to me as my transplant team that were going to be with me the whole time was Brian's transplant team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there were just some, some really amazing coincidences. Um, after after doing a lot of chemotherapy in Houston and, and total body radiation, 
they released me and I was able to um, live outside of the hospital for a little while, for a few weeks. While I was in this church apartment in, in, in the medical center in Houston, I shared a common wall with a room where there was uh, AA meetings seven days a week. So just a lot of these amazing, you know, uh, um, well, it was, you know, higher power had, had his fingerprints all over it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you for telling us that. Wow, it really does um, give me energy, and I'm sure the listeners to know that how taken care of you were, and you were willing to open the doors and let go of what was the shadow and open that space. It's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you find unity? Well, when, when I was living in Houston, my friend Kevin, my business partner Kevin, uh, who's also a gymnastics coach, uh, he's actually the, the Olympic coach, by the way, um, he would invite me from time to time to go to Unity Church with them, you know, and having grown up in the Methodist Church, I'd go to Unity and I'd come away from it going, that was, that was different. <laughs> that was kind of, <laughs> kind of weird, but that was kind of cool too, you know. And um, I'd say uh, in Houston, I probably went half a dozen times. That was, I guess it was Howard Caesar's church, the big pyramid church there in Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so when I moved to Orlando, I was aware that there's a Unity Church because it was a Saturday morning meeting there. And anyway, after I got back from the transplant, I was uh, whenever I went out the public, I had to wear a mask and gloves. And uh, um, it was my first day of being released to drive. And again, I got an auditory thing that said go to Unity. So I just said okay. So I got in the car and I drove to Unity, and. Um, I felt like I was having a spiritual a spiritual message, you know, there to, to go. And I went there, and all the doors were locked. There was no cars in the parking lot. And I go, huh, false alarm. That's just me being, you know, goofy or whatever. And then as I started to leave, I saw a cardinal fly right across my path. And then a couple seconds later, a wood, a big pileated woodpecker. And then about 30 seconds after that, a bald eagle. And so there was this sort of, you know, message of pay attention to that this is there's something going on here and so uh i guess the birds brought the message that day and i went back the following sunday and uh uh and that was reverend gene lynch there and um i just felt like i was home i've heard so many people in unity say the first thing they walk in there they just know they're home it didn't happen in houston for me i was introduced to it but that day in orlando at Christchurch Unity, boom, it was like, man, I know I was home, and, and I've been back ever since, and now Reverend Alice Anderson is a minister there, and I'm currently living in, in Asheville, North Carolina, and um, um, the, the closest church, Unity Church here is a little bit too far, so I'm going to a church called Jubilee, which is an amazing place, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling us that. And what's it, what is it you already shared about how the principles in the Catherine Ponder book uh, those prosperity principles, abundance principles already blessed you earlier. What is it about unity principles that you practice, and what, what is it that's so powerful for you about those? Um, affirmative prayer is, is one of them that I was introduced to in unity, and one of the, one of the occurrences that I remember clearly was Someone in unity who was aware that I was going through health challenges uh, prayed with me, and they said something to the effect of, and, and, and God, we just thank you in advance for Brendan's perfect uh, health. And I, was thought, I thought, coming away from that, how strange that was. It was like, well, why are you praying in advance when you don't know what's going to happen? And um, I began to learn, as I hung around more and more around unity, about affirmative prayer. And, and just the power that prayer has, and it keeps us in touch with the Spirit, you know, and I'm, I'm learning more and more about God uh, every day when I pray. Um, so that one, that one's real power for me. You know, the, the one that's the challenge for me is the, the knowledge that these spiritual principles is not enough, we must live them. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one that, that's the one that, that is really in my face every day. You know, how am I gonna, how am I gonna treat people in my life? You know, whether they're close to me, whether they're just people on the street I pass, whether they're people on the Internet, how am I going to handle my relationships? You know, how am I going to treat the earth, all those things? 
I have to live it. Right. And that's my challenge. I'm hard on mm-hmm. myself, you know, like a lot of us, you know. I'm perfectionist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How do you yeah, blend together the the print the recovery twelve step principles and unity principles, or do you? How do you navigate that? Well, I don't know that I consciously navigate it. I just know that um, th- that those principles resonate with me, like the twelve states steps resonate with me. You know, um, um, I know I, I know one of the things that that unity has taught me also is is that. Um, is that my way of thinking needs to change, you know. In the beginning in AA, I was told, you know, uh, act my way into good thinking, you know, you can't think your way out of this, you know. And now, um, with some time, I, I, I think that my thinking, my thinking can precede some of my actions, whereas in the beginning, I just had to act, I had to suit up and show up, fake it till I make it, all those things. However, there are still times in, in, in my life where, I need to ask my way into good thinking too. So they're both, they're moving in and out. They're, they're, they're floating in and out of my life that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, paradoxical. I think uh, that yeah. what you're just saying, that's a good example of it. It's, I think both are true for sure. Yeah. 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 And I'm inherently good. You know, I had mm-hmm. the self-talk for years and years and years that I was stupid. I was less than um, all those things, you know, and I've been right sized. In, in, in AA, and the right size, being right size, is 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 also, you know, spirit lives within each one of us, so we are inherently good, right? We we are all good. Mm-hmm. We we mm-hmm. all have our our foibles too, but we are all good. So when I am judgmental of someone in my life, you know, I have to be able to see their good, or the challenge is to see their good and to to treat them that way. Right. Yep. Yeah. That makes makes a lot of difference for sure. Yep. You've got to tell us what you're in the Guinness Book World Book of Records for. <laughs> well, so so in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, after after my fourth year of eligibility at Southern Illinois University, I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, to train with a uh, gentleman by the name of Doc Savage, Bill Savage, and uh, and um, there was another gentleman there named Dan Scannell who was in the current you know, held the current world record, Guinness Book world record for walking on hands, the mile relay. So there was four men, walked a mile and uh, in 32 minutes or something like that. And, and Dan said, hey, you know what? I think that we could beat that. Let's get, let's get some guys together and see if we can do this. And so there was four of us that decided to do it. And, uh, and back in uh, 1987, four of us uh, walked uh, a mile on our hands, did the mile relay in um, 20, 24 minutes and 32 seconds, something like that, and beat the old record by about eight minutes and uh, uh, stood ever since. And it's kind of a cool thing that I, I still keep on my resume because I feel like it sets me apart from, <laughs> from the rest of the crowd. So. And uh, I've ended up doing a couple handstands in, in interviews before. It's pretty funny. But uh, uh-huh. whatever it takes to, to set you apart, right? That's right. That's right. I think that's yeah. pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is, and it you know the world the world looks differently you know from from upside down being inverted like that, and that's good for me too sometimes to see the world differently. So, mm-hmm. yep. Well, we're coming to the close of our uh, time here today, but what what words of wisdom would you have to share with us, Brendan? Uh, I think Final. what I would like what I would like to say is that a grateful alcoholic won't drink, and I'm so grateful today, and I'm grateful that you that you contacted me to have me on this show. I, I thank you so much, and I thank you for the work that you're doing on Unity FM. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you, Brendan. Thanks for sharing um, your story with us, and thank you for living it. It's mainly, thank you for who you are and for what you're doing, and um, I appreciate such so grateful to. Um, get to to talk with you and thank you for being my guest and I want to thank all of uh, my listeners out there, thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery, thanks for being part of our Spirit of Recovery community my guest today is Brendan P and he has shared with us in just profound ways how um, he enlarges his spiritual life and has wonderful life experiences from that so thank you Brendan and thank you listeners Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. 
Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 
1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. <laughs> 